Hey everybody, I'm Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No? No, Should I we like stick that. with that? Yeah, I All right. Like hey, it. Maddie. This is Access Podcast, the podcast about podcasts. You know, Mercury's in retrograde. Things are all wacky here at iHeartRadio. We're feeling it. We're feeling oh, it. I'm, I'm snippy. I'm snappy. Everybody else is snippy and snappy. But what's not snippy and snappy is our guest today. She's Woo! wonderful. I've known her for a long time, 10 years now, Emily Morse. She got one of the oldest sex podcasts going, though, out there. It's called Sex with Emily, uh, and it's been a mainstay in the podcast community for years. So we're going to talk to Emily on the other side, but gosh, I hope this clip isn't too X-rated. Here's why I always say communication is a lubrication because so many of our sexual challenges are around finding the right words to communicate. And not only that, continuing to communicate and taking it to the next level. Sometimes we think, well, I talked about it and therefore it's done and my partner's just going to understand what I'm saying. And I think when we really tell our partners the things that we think we cannot say, that's really when the vulnerability happens, the connection and enhances intimacy. So say those things, you guys, life is too short for bad sex. So the sooner you address whatever it is on your mind, with your partner that you trust and love, the sooner you'll be having amazing sex, the sex that you want and that you deserve. And joining me, my friend, Emily, from Sex with Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi. I always want to ask you this question, so I'm going to start with it right off the bat. Do it. Don't you ever get tired of talking about sex all the time? You know, that is a great question because I've been doing my podcast now for 13 years. And I often, I, at the beginning, people were like, aren't you ever going to get like tired of sex or there's going to be nothing to talk about? And I have to say that it's, I'm still not, I still love doing the podcast after 13 years because it's never the same. I mean, sex is so nuanced. I guess if I was a chef, he would say, well, are you getting tired of, you know, talking about cooking or teaching cooking? And the truth is there's always different ways to to talk about sex and to learn about sex. So there's a lot of different paths. It's not just about missionary position, you know? There's a lot. It's sex, dating, relationships, marriage, love. So no, I don't. Maybe maybe I asked the question because my sex life is so vanilla. Exactly. So I'm like, how do you get sure tired of the same? From your sex life. <laughs> See, my job is to make sure that no one's sex life is vanilla, including my own. So hey, I'm always learning as well. Well. How about that? I, I will. This is not well, I'm sure we're going to end up talking about some sex stuff, but- I did Especially want to talk, your sex life. Okay. Well, yeah, because no, we, so you and I have talked uh, many times over the years, and and I every time I kind of give you the same rundown, and it's it's dude, it hasn't changed. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got my routine. It works. Whatever. Um, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I want to get back to what you just said. Thirteen years of doing a podcast, and that's, I mean, in this business. I, I talk to people all the time and they're like, wow, you've been in podcasting for 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, but there's been folks in a lot longer than me. 13 years. Yeah. How, how do you feel about the business from when you started to what it's like today? I mean, when I started up until a few years ago, it was like, wait, what podcast? What is that? How do you do it? So, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that there's more like I'm glad that there are so many podcasts right now. There was no business of podcasting until about a few years ago, meaning like, how do you make money doing podcasting? Is it a thing? So I think it's great that now people are really like paying attention to it. They're listening to podcasts that people, advertisers are taking it seriously. Businesses are taking it seriously. So I think the more the merrier. Like, so I'm glad that it's evolving and growing and, you know, it's great for business. It's great for everyone. You know, people can now listen, you know, there's 500,000 podcasts. So, well, yeah. I, I think that when you and I both started, you know, I know when I left radio, it was, it was like a dirty word. If I said podcasting, people were like, yeah. oh, oh, it's so, why do podcasts, yuck nerds. Exactly. 
and yeah. you, you've seen it change a, a lot. What has kept you on doing the podcast for so long? Like, what what is what about the medium has made you keep doing it through the times when it was not cool to do it? Yeah, it was never cool, and it wasn't cool, nor was it like profitable. You know, I, I went through a lot of rough times trying to make this thing happen. I think I just really well. Here's the thing: I haven't only been podcasting for 13 years. You know, I, I actually have always released a podcast pretty much every week for 13 years, but I. You know, I do a lot of other things as well. So I moved to LA. So I was in San Francisco with you. I moved here five years ago and I started doing Loveline with Dr. Drew and um, every, you know, once a week for five years. And that also really, that was really fun. So I love doing radio. Um, I do television. I write. I do a lot of our things. So what keeps me going with it is that, first of all, now I have my own studio in LA. I feel like the podcast is always evolving too. So if you listen to one from even five years ago, it's a lot different to what it is now. And since I have a lot more listeners, I just think I keep kind of improving upon it and keep challenging myself and my listeners. So it just keeps me going because I find it infinitely fascinating. You know, I, I do. I still love doing it. It's easier to do now because, again, I do have a studio and a great staff and a great team. Um, but I think it's I don't know. I mean, and I love like I'm doing more video and more writing. So it's kind of like I have a business built around it. It's like, definitely my main thing. But I just do it because I think it's a great, I'm glad I held it in there, you know, because people actually know what it is now. So do you ever go back and listen to uh, some of your older podcasts? I don't, I know that I should, I would be horrified. No, probably, you should. But <laughs> I probably should. I have them all here. Um, it's changed a lot. Cause when I started, I wasn't the expert in sex. I was coming from a documentary filmmaker background and I was more like, Hey, how do you all have great sex? Cause I know that I think my sex life isn't so great. I mean, it's okay, but how does it, you know? So it started out me not giving advice and that kind of, I got went back to school, got my doctorate. So, you know, it's kind of, it's changed a lot. Well, let's talk about the evolution of that. So first of all, what was high school Emily like? I was kind of a prude, to be honest. I wasn't like, I wasn't very, I was pop, you know, I had a lot of friends, I guess. I was friends with everybody. I was, um, I don't know. I was more, I wasn't, that I didn't really come into myself until I was in college. Like, I think I was sort of not taking school that seriously. And I had a lot of friends, but I kind of dabbled in a lot of different things. So I was more, high school Emily isn't that interesting. High school Emily had a lot of messed up childhood stuff. And I think I was just trying to get out of the house. And How about Michigan Wolverine, Emily? Michigan Wolverine, Emily. So when I got to Michigan, I was super driven and really into school and working and career. And I worked in politics. I uh, majored in politics. So I was like work. And then I, um, but like I studied really hard. I got all A's. I had internships and stuff like that. And then I moved to San Francisco. Well, no, college, I was fun though. Don't get me wrong. I let's stop for a second. Time. You majored in politics. Yes. What, why did you major in politics? What was your, what was, what was the draw for you? So what happened was I got to college and I was very like, I couldn't believe, I took like poly, poli sci 101 or something. And I remember thinking like, wow, there's only two women in the Senate. And I was really involved with women's issues. I took my first women's studies class. And I was like, how are there only two women in the Senate? Have to work getting women elected to office. So I started volunteering on campus. And then senior year, I was reading the paper and said like it was the year of the woman in San Francisco because like Boxer and Feinstein and Pelosi were running. And I was like, I'm going to move there. And I just got in my car and drove to San Francisco. And that's kind of how it all started. So that's that's what interested me. And it was like changing the world through politics. And I worked in San Francisco for 10 years of politics. I don't know if you know that. I worked for Willie I did Brown. Not. And and then you met me when I started the whole podcast thing. And then I did a film about Willie Brown. And I don't know. Then I got involved in politics. But I was always <laughs> like, 
But sex, here's the thing. I always a serial. So going back to how it relates to sex with Emily, I was a serial monogamist. I always had boyfriends like for two years, two years, and then in my 20s. And I was like, I never was that interested though in long-term relationships or marriage. I was very much driven by like my purpose on the planet of doing something that felt like it was going to fulfill me and change the world because I was raised by my mom who was like never relying anyone to take care of you. So I thought, well, I'm always going to be working. What am I going to do that I'm really excited about? So I found myself always confounded by relationships because I would date nice guys and they were like, well, what's the, you know, let's move in or let's get married. And I was like, oh, I'm not really interested. And so then I realized that like, I was more interested in learning about why that was the case. Like maybe I could study relationships and sex and then I would want that traditional thing. And after 13 years, I can tell you that I can have, I'm in much healthier relationships now in the sense of I know what I want and what I don't want. And my sex life is definitely better. But I think like I was always just kind of, I think the problem with relationships and what I'm trying to change through my podcast is that all we see is like, you know, monogamy, like sign up monogamy, one person for the rest of our life till death do us part. And I think, and I'm not saying everyone should be like swingers or free love. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying that we get to create what kind of relationships we want to be in, what kind of sex life we want to have. And I don't think that we're ever taught or even told that we have options to define what we want. So, and I like to give people ways to talk about sex and relationships in a way that's so, very like, approachable. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, want to, want to pause back for a little bit. So in 2005, what was the thing that, that got you to do this full? I know you started, you know, you made a documentary. How did all that turn into, heck, this is what I want to do with my life. Oh, well, um, let's see. Since, since figuring out my life purpose was my main draw in life, was my main focus. Since a lot of people, it's like, how do I find a partner to get married? I was like, so everything I did, like even politics, I loved it until I didn't, until I became disillusioned with it. And then I was like, oh, it, uh, Willie Brown is a fascinating character. And I was obsessed with documentaries. I was like, I'm going to make a film. So I kind of went out and started, I did not know how to make a film. I hired, you know, I, I raised money and shot a film. It took me four years to make. Um, it's called See How They Run. It's on Netflix and iTunes. But anyway, the point was after that, again, I pivoted and I was like, okay, I love the documentary. I loved interviewing people. That was the best part, not producing, not shooting. So I thought, well, what if I'm going to do something next? What am I curious about? And I thought, well, I really want to understand, like, or is everyone really happy in relationships of 50 and in divorce, 50% and in divorce? Like, what makes a successful relationship? How do people have a sustainable sex life that like lasts in these relationships? Or just how do you, you know, how do you, like I never learned about sex or relationships and people to this day still don't have great sex education. So that's what it was. But then to answer your question, it was the first month of podcasting, I think, or the second month. And I had an intern at the time on my film. She was like, you know, there's this thing called podcasting. You could just do an interview with people without like cameras and just, I'm like, great, like no makeup, do interview people. That sounds great. And I hired a sound guy off Craigslist and I had him invite him to my house. I invited like six friends over, like married, gay, straight, single, dating, dating on Craigslist. And I loved it. I sat there for five hours interviewing people and I thought, this is it. This is what I want to do for my life. Like I knew it. I felt it. It must be what people feel like when they find the one. 
And they're like, oh my God. I'm like, so I haven't looked back. Like for 13 years, you know, it's, it's, I just, I don't know. It just felt right. I lo- I realized that, that people are craving this information. People want to know, they want to talk about sex so badly. Cause that was another thing. People were like, well, who's going to open up? True. Turns out everyone. Like, that's why I love my job too. Cause I still like go to a party or I go out to dinner or wherever I'm at. People have questions. They want to talk about it and they don't have other places to go that they feel safe. They can get their questions answered and talk about it. So I realized then that I kind of struck something that people were going to be really, you know, that this was going to be a thing. And it, and it was, people you, liked it right away. <laughs> you just said something that, um, I, I really relate to when you said, you know, when you found this, it was like finding the one. And I remember one of my first conversations with my now wife and I told her, I said, listen, I have a wife already. Her name is radio and <laughs> she's probably going to be the first Mrs. Stout forever. Um, if you're okay with that. <laughs> and, and I know well, that sounds like a, it's a lot, but it's not though. It's, it's really like how I feel about my career, my job. I really love it that much. Um, and, and it sounds like you have the same relationship, but I wanted to know if you have, you know, you just said, you know, people come up and they'll ask you questions and, and things like that. I know I get to a point where, you know, sometimes I'm like, dude, I, I can't talk to you about your podcast. I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm, right. I'm, I, you know, like pay me, uh, <laughs> or, right. or just, no. you know, you just don't want to do it all the time. I mean, do you have those, you know, instances where it's like a little too much? Absolutely. No, I don't mean like I have some parties where I go to, I'm like, can we not say what I do for a living? You know, but usually if I'm out with friends or dinners, like I just find it to be like, um, I guess it depends on the moment and the mood I'm in. Like, sure. There's some people who are like, just, that's all they want to talk about. But I find it that it's, it's just that when I have these conversations and just like the basics of sex, like people just the stuff that I assume that people already know or get because I talk about it every day they don't so it's like I can say one thing to a person about their sex life they've been suffering or their relationship or how to talk to their partner or what date like how to date differently and like it changes them so that feels that feels great it's not like it's on all night long but I if I can help people it feels really good but yes like anything I don't want to talk about 24 7 because it is my job so I'll just let people know I'm not shy if I'm like yeah you know I have a lot of podcasts about that topic you should listen to it (laughs) what's the most what's the most popular question you think you've gotten over the last 13 years um I would say the most popular question is um how do I get my partner to do blank Mm. and that could be like I, I would say it's like mismatch. It's about people's sex life. So how do I get my partner to have more sex with me, less sex with me, have an orgasm during intercourse? What, you know, why is my partner this way and that way? So it's more about like a lot of my show is about communication. I would say communication is a lubrication. How do you talk to your partner about sex? So I'd say it's usually like, how do I even broach this and get what I want in bed? And then the other thing is typically about orgasms. Women are just like, why can't I orgasm during intercourse? Because every single porn star does. Isn't that the right thing? <laughs> and so I'm like, no. What do you mean? They're faking it? Yeah, they're Aww. faking it. It's not really how sex happens. Darn it. So Darn there's it. been a whole lot of unlearning, like since so many people do learn through porn. Um, but I would say it's typically around orgasm questions and communicating with partners. Do you get a lot of folks that ask you about the helping them with their podcast now that it's so popular? Because I know that there's a very – I feel like you and I know almost all of the same quote-unquote sexperts and life coaches and dating coaches. And, yes. and some of them are bullshit. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Um, uh-huh. yeah. But how many of them – do you get a lot of that now? People who probably didn't care about podcasting a few years ago were like, hey, Emily, can you help me start my Everybody. podcast? Everybody. Like people who are like – really established, like really cool. Everyone's circling back to me. And it's funny though, Maddie, because 
you know, I'm busy. Like, it's like, I don't know. Like when I started, it was so different. So to me, I've just been going along, growing a business. I haven't been like studying podcasting. I've just been doing it. You know, the, I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I could tell people the mistakes I made, but yeah, I do get a lot of it. I feel like we should just teach a course or something. Um, <laughs> but it depends on the person, but I like how I'm, I'm open to it though. Like even people who are other sex experts, for some reason I was born without this. And I don't know if it's good or bad in some ways, but I don't have a great competitive gene. I feel like there's, if even if someone's a sex podcaster, it's like, I'll help you. You should, yeah. They're like, I want to do a podcast or people who are in my industry. I'm like, great. Cause I don't come from the mentality of like, com- like, like, um, lack, like, Oh, we're going to be competitive and people are going to listen to you over me. It's more like, or from scarcity or it's like abundance. Like I can, I don't mind helping people. I think the more people are there podcasting, the better. I truly believe that. So well, I think that comes from a place of confidence because when you yeah, know, that's true, I've always been pretty confident. <laughs> well, when you but, know what you're doing is good and that nobody else has got the same thing going in town that you don't have to worry about it. Cause I, I feel like that. I, I think that, you know, when you're, you know, I feel the f- people who are usually the most scared and competitive about things are usually not very confident about what they do. So they're, they're sure the next person's going to take their job. That's true. I agree with you, but I also agree that there's a certain level of, um, I've always had this like in a way, like, don't get me wrong. I'm insecure about a lot of things in life and even podcasting. I'm like, Oh my God, what if people hate it one day? But it's a certain, like, even when I started, I remember I was talking to some guy in radio who was like consulting me or like helping me out it was like, the first year. And he's like, Hey, like, what if someday someone just has sex with Susan? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, she'd be Susan. And I'm out. This was 2005. I was like, then Susan would be talking about her thing. Like, I just always thought like, I'll never be as good at being someone else as they are. And they'll never be as good at being me. And we all kind of do ourselves. And that's literally and figuratively sexually we do ourselves, but also we do us, do you, I don't know, but I know what you're saying. And I do have a certain level of, of confidence around this. So, yeah, but I think it's the way to be like, I like helping people. I don't, I'm not always looking over my shoulder. I don't know who my competition is. Cause I don't, I don't think about it that way. And you know, well, I think in general with broadcasting, I tell this to folks all the time, when you're doing it well, it sounds so easy that everybody thinks they can do it. And I know True. I know everybody I know or I meet, if I'm out, every drunk guy's got to tell me how they should be on the radio and tell me yes. why. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. It's that easy. You know, it's, yeah. You know, no, you're right. I don't think because you're more in that world. Like, I actually wish that I, I don't, I'm not really like hanging out with a lot of radio people or podcasters all the time. So I, but. Oh it God, is, me. It, oh, you don't want to. No, trust me. No, but you're right. Everyone's like, have you ever talked about this? Or I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do a podcast, but literally every single day, like there is somebody who's like doing one or thinking about it. It's like, it's like, when was it like early 2000s when everyone's like obsessed with their website? It's like website coming soon. Now it's like podcast coming soon. Like on every, that's funny. With your podcast and, and working, you know, with the television show and with Dr. Drew, it's got to affect your personal life. I know personally, my wife won't listen to just about anything I do anymore because of a couple missteps I made on the air. Uh, I've said a couple things that she heard and was mortified by and just doesn't listen to anymore. Um, right. How about a good fo- thing. folks yeah. you're dating? It is it is a great thing because I, I, that way I'm free with what I say and then she doesn't yes. have to worry about it. Um, do, have you had uh, some incidences okay. with folks you've dated in the past yes. upset with that? Yes. So every guy I date tells me they don't listen and it's a lie. <laughs> Apparently they do. But the problem is they're not listening to the tips part, which I wish they did, or we might be together. What they're listening to <laughs> is like, oh, you were out with someone else last week, or I'm making a joke about something like, so you had sex with a guy in Mexico or whatever it is. And I'm just like, could you listen to the part about foreplay being really important? Cause that might've been worth my time. 
of you listening. Um, but mostly it's not gotten me in too much trouble. I, I feel like I prefer when they don't, I like, was like, you don't have to listen, no pressure, but they always end up listening. And there was like a few instances where I broke up with someone and I might've, and I mostly don't talk about trash people. Or if I do talk about a date I had, I'll change the date that I had the date. Like this was a year ago instead of last night. <laughs> so I have to be careful. I have to be honest. And Drew, actually Dr. Drew always jokes about me. He's like, you're the only one who can talk about sex in a way that's fun and playful and no one gets mad at you. Cause I haven't had a lot of like angry, angry, like even tweets or people who are like, why'd you say this or do that? It's pretty much like, I don't know. People aren't really mad about it. They're like, Oh, you're helping my sex life. But as far as like dating, yeah, I think, well, here's the problem too. So it's not just the podcast and I do, I'm dating someone now seriously, but if someone Googles me, right, you can't like, I am sex with Emily and you gotta like, it's, <laughs> it's a thing. Like, are you cool with it? Would your parents be cool with it? You know? So yeah, sex has become, I didn't, when I was starting out, I didn't know it was going to be my whole life, but now it's like, Google me. It's like sex, 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 anal, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> you got to be cool with all those things. Well, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a point too, just in the past 13 years, just how, like, I don't know how anybody keeps up with it with dating now, because you know, when I met my wife 13 years ago, you could Google somebody, but that was about it. And maybe check right. out their MySpace. You know, now it's just everybody has so much access to access to people's personal information. It, it it's it's freaky. It, it freaks me out to think it's that if freaky. I would have to date somebody, they could just go on and see all of this stuff about me and make a decision before they even met me. Oh, exactly. They already do that. And now, right, they make the decision. They listen to my show. Like, they, 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 they everything. Or they might cancel because who knows. Right. It's everything. And then I just got back from South by Southwest last night, and I was on this panel for – I was moderating a panel on femtech and, like, you know, how people are spending – you know, money to develop uh, products for women's health and women for dating and women's reproductive rights, all this stuff. But there was a woman on there who's doing a dating app in the blockchain. So it's super secure data. So you can check and make sure the person's really who they say they are. And I mean, there's just all these ways to do it. But yeah, because we are, there's a lot of information to, um, to access right now. But yeah, with dating, it's a whole thing. It's true. Like there's no, there's no like first date surprise. There's no like, Except for how they look, I guess. You're like, oh, that picture isn't very recent. But but really, you know, their job, their family, where they live, where they grew up. It's like, it's it's a whole different world. And, and there's a lot more options now, too. So I think that people aren't, especially like people in their 20s or millennials, they're like not really looking at relationship as something to really covet. And they're just sort of dating and having fun. But, you know, it's not really about settling down. And there's so many options. It's overwhelming, you know. Ugh. Different world. It wasn't just like who you met out that night at a party and then you marry them. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to talk about the show with Dr. Drew. I always imagine that if you work closely with Dr. Drew, that he is he is just constantly like texting and emailing you and giving you advice. Because I just feel like every celebrity is always like, well, Dr. I was just talking to Dr. It's Drew. so true. <laughs> is it really? Well well, no, no, no. People, like all the friends in Loveline, because he's he's actually, I have to say, because you know, I, I was in San Francisco for 20 years, and yeah. I've been here for five now, and I, and Drew and his wife have become very, very close friends of mine, you know, I was sitting next to him on Loveline all those years, and I, and it's funny, people are always going to Drew for things, but I, and I've asked him for things, like, I got bit by a black widow last year, I was in the hospital for a week, so he definitely, like, called the hospital, and was like, get her this, get her that, but I, he's not analyzing me unless I ask him. Like, I'm not like, Drew, what do you think about this? But people are always, and he's so, Drew is the best guy. I mean, he really is like what you see. Like, there's no attitude. There's no ego around it. And he really likes 
helping people. He does. So, um, but yeah, we're always, everyone's hitting him up. Whenever I'm with him, he's like, oh, so-and-so is trying to get to rehab or so-and-so broke up with, you know, he's kind of like the person helping everyone. Yeah. I definitely feel like that about, about rehab and, 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 uh, you know, I know a little bit about the sober community in LA and it seems like every, everybody's got a Dr. Drew story. I mean, he does seem super accessible. I know he really is. No, he is. He helped me get like two of my friends and moms or brothers into rehab. Like <laughs> he knows that whole world and dating and sex and stuff like that. But yeah, working with him was, was it's so fun. And we still do stuff together. So is misadvised ever going to come back on the air? Cause we, <laughs> I love, I loved it. I loved it. And then I did. Oh yeah. No, but I'm doing another show. I oh, am doing another show, which I can't, it? you can't tell it's me. A development. No. Cause what happened? So yeah, you're talking about the misadvised show I did with, with, with our friend menace. Um, that was actually a great, like it was one season and, um, it was hell to shoot a reality show in San Francisco, but it ended up really serving me well for like, I didn't look like an asshole and it helped with the brand a lot. Like I moved to LA after that, it just being on TV, it's a thing, you know? But then when I moved here, like, I was like, Oh, I've got to figure out how to make this a business. Cause I was just like, not really sure how to monetize podcasting, how to grow a business. I didn't really think it was in my skill set, but I was just, again, you're like, why do I keep going? I, I just believed in it. And, but I didn't understand the financial part of it, money. And I, I just threw myself into it because I was going through really hard times. Like I did not have steady cash flow. It was rough. And I just kind of figured out a way to monetize them before it was a thing. And no, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know, I went through that with your straight male friend, with our friend Marcus. You know, we had a really good concept, a really good show, but we didn't know what we were doing business-wise. And, you know, and and that's one thing I think I, you know, I know I've done personally in the last few years is is get to really understand digital marketing and business. And, you know, when, when I started the business, I, I just, I, I talked to a ton of people. And luckily, there's startup people everywhere. You, you can't spit, right. spit without hitting one in the Bay Area. But it is tough. And I think that's one thing who people who start podcasts get into it with this misconception that, oh, this is going to be really easy. I'm going to start a podcast and make lots of money. Mm-hmm. But who, who is making, the thing is like, I think it seems really hard. There's so much competition. Really There's so much noise. Like how, I mean, it's just like, I guess you just got to be consistent. You got to keep doing it. It helps to go on other people's podcasts, you know, but yeah, I don't know. People really think that we're all getting super rich off of podcasts and that's the thing. I, I don't know that. I, I guess, I, I think people are, I guess you talk to more people than I do. Are they doing it because they're super psyched about podcasting or they feel like they have to? Like, I have to have a YouTube YouTube channel, you know, or well, I have to have an Instagram account. Well, I'll say this. The people who feel like they have to, I tell them to just stop because you're not going to be consistent. You're not going to be good at it. You know, if you're not passionate about it, you don't want to do it. I mean, you've done a podcast consistently for 13 years and you did it even when you, you didn't know how the listenership was. You didn't know if you were making money, but you kept doing it because it's something you had to do. And I think I had the, to. and had that's to. the people yep. who make it or the people it's like, I have to do this. And people who are like, oh, I've got to do this podcasting. It's like, well, okay. Okay, then, you know, you're just not going to make it in this business because it's not you can't do that in podcasting. That's true. But then what about the other people you talk to? Who, how about the people? Are just that people look have this thing like they just love because I do love the medium. I love that I can just sit and talk to people and it's very intimate. But is that the people you're talking to? They're just like, wow, it's so cool. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, you know, I teach at the Academy of Art University and I've taught podcasting for six years. So I get. Oh, wow, you're the man. Got I, get, it. Okay. I get young people who come in who absolutely had no, didn't listen to the radio, don't even know a thing about audio. They all think they want to be YouTube stars. And then they get the first taste of audio. And then they realize, oh my gosh, this is so intimate and so real. And it's so different than video. And I'm like, yes, this is good. And they fall in love with it. And and then they, they want to do it. Um, and then I get folks who are in radio 
some of the same folks who made fun of me for going to Stitcher uh, <laughs> right. when I left my morning show right. who, who want to get into podcasting. And a lot of them have good intentions, but a lot of them, you know, it's it takes retraining. It's not the same as being on the radio. It, it is a different, it's a different muscle. It is a different muscle. It really is. You're right. But I love that you're, t- yeah, no, but I, if you remember that after I did my podcast for six months, I actually got a live show on, um, Free FM for like two years. Oh, I yeah. was doing the Saturday Night Show. So that was cool. So when I first went into radio then too, I was like, oh my God, I love radio. Like I love them both. So I, I get it though, but it's still that same intimate thing. But I love that you are teaching this class. So I'm sending everyone to you now if they <laughs> ask questions. Like you uh, really... <laughs> yeah. You really, I don't, yeah. I, not for free though. Uh, I'll, uh... Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that consultant. I like it. So I wanted to ask you about uh, the NCAA tournament. Important things here, Michigan. How are you feeling about the Wolverines? Oh, I don't know. I don't really? pay attention anymore, but I hope attention? they win. How's that? Oh, that's good. <laughs> I don't know. I figured. I thought everybody from Michigan was kind of diehard. No, dude. It's been a long time. I was yeah. diehard. We went to three Rose Bowls when I was in college. Super fun. I don't care anymore. <laughs> don't ask me a sports question. I hope they do well. My heart goes. You know, love to Michigan. Well, that. <laughs> That that brings us to uh, really the most important part of the show. This is uh, yeah. the the section I call three killer questions. Emily Morse, I have three killer questions for you. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. Okay, first question: If you could listen to a podcast hosted by anybody living or dead, who would it be? Oh, um, that's a great question, dude. Um. You want me to give you some examples of some of the winners? So yeah, I was thinking Barack Obama. So, so um, last week we had the folks from NPR's The Cooler on, and they said, which was funny, they said they wanted to hear Macaulay Culkin do a podcast. And guess who announced a podcast this week? Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin announced weird. a podcast. It is so weird. Um, and then the best one I think I've heard yet is one of my students said they'd like to hear Whitney and Bobby Brown do a podcast back when they were together. Oh, that's funny. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marilyn Monroe was another good one. Yeah. Um, I, I'll just say Barack Obama. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. I really don't, but I think he'd be good because I love him and I want to hear him more because especially what's going on in the world. I think he'd be interesting. Like what he learned, talk about it. I don't know. Well, him and Michelle, I think that would be good if they could just do it together. Yes. Why not? Maybe they'll be guests on my show. Talk about how they keep their marriage so strong after, you know, being in the white house and all that. They could call it. Yes. Podcast goal. Yes, we can. Podcast. Well, it's funny because sex with Emily for so long, it was like, oh, people won't come on your show, celebrities, they won't talk about sex. But now it's like, no, people don't really, people are ready to talk about anything, which I love. Um, yeah. What's the next question? Next darling? question is, finish the sentence. The next big thing in sex is? Um, I would say virtual reality. Really? Mm-hmm. So, like, how real is it going to get with virtual reality? It's pretty real. Like, I went to Amsterdam, and I, I went there to check out, like, virtual reality. <laughs> so I had, like, the the the, um, the the eye things on. What do they call it? The whole head thing and watched porn. And it felt very um, real. And there's also all these toys. Like, I think sex tech is a really big thing right now, sex robots. Um, there's, like, I mean, the robots are coming. People are going to want them. And, um, I think it looks pretty realistic. And now there's, you know, I talk a lot about toys. There's now toys that are connected with an app that have an app. So you could like have a vibrator toy and your partner could be in China and they could be, you could be controlling it through your phone. Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, and I think like, yeah, virtual reality porn, like people will never leave their house. I'm not saying that's a good thing. (laughs) 
Um, but the next thing in sex, I don't know. Yeah, I would say just the technology around sex. But and hopefully people will be having better sex, more consensual sex. And um, I think this is a time for women really to step up. And this is what I hope, just kind of understand that they have the power with sex. It's not for the guy. It's for their own pleasure. But that's what I've been talking about for a long time. Hey, last last question uh, you were talking about. You don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but what was the last one that you binged? Um, oh, you know what? No, I do. I actually, I'm starting to listen to more. I was just saying, who would I want to listen? I listened to, um, I listened, the last one I listened to was, um, Dirty John. I binged. Oh, yeah. Did you listen to it? No. Oh, Dirty John. I'm sorry. I thought you said Dirty Jobs. I was like, oh yeah, I love Mike Rowe. No, Dirty John. It's like one of those, I like, did, and I thought it was good. You know, for me, I had a lot of, I thought there were a lot of problems with it as far as, I didn't really have any empathy for the main character for the woman after a while. I was kind of like, uh, yeah. Yeah, really not that bright, right. Yeah. But she is and then, right, but the reason why, yeah, go ahead. No, but it was good. I mean, it, it you know, I, and yeah, you know, I'm a very hard judge on, on like those kinds of podcasts as far as like the level I want them to be at. So I thought it was very, very good. But I think for somebody that like me who listens to a lot of those kind of podcasts, it was, I was kind of, I was like, oh yeah, but I just don't feel the empathy like I do for like the guy in S-Town, you know? Right. And I didn't listen to S-Town. I didn't listen to Serial. So I know. But what happened was like three people in a row, I was going on a road trip. They kept telling me, listen to it. And I just listened to it. I was like, oh, maybe I can get into these kind of podcasts like, like Serial, which I never got into. Like the, um, yeah. So anyway, what else I listen to? I don't know. Right now, Jay Moore is going to be on my show tomorrow. So I'm listening to his podcast. Uh, more stories. Yeah, Jay's Jay's great. Jay, yeah, Jay. Jay used to come on the show a lot when I was. We came on Opie and Anthony a lot when I worked there, and then he started coming on in San Francisco with us. And then I forget there was some kind of you know one of those dumb on air falling outs, and then I haven't talked to him right. since. So anyway, I've been listening to that. I listen to Tim Ferriss sometimes, but no, I, you know, I don't listen to a ton of them. But I'm just, I, yeah, I dabble. For inspiration. I, I think Dirty John is. I think it's and, and again, God, I don't want to sound like I'm trashing on it because it is a great. No, I know podcast. there's a lot better ones now that are yeah. all about the mystery. Like I just didn't think I was all going to be all about that stuff, but I like it. The story yeah. getting me hooked, and I'm not like have to focus as hard. It's like yeah, I get it. I get why people love it. Well, stuff. What's sad is so. I'm going to probably have the guy uh, from Dirty John on in a couple weeks or something, and and then I'll be like, oh, go back and erase that. I don't want anybody to hear that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yes, that's, that's the other great thing about podcasting. We can edit stuff like when I tell stories. <laughs> Like my friend told me a story about an ex and I told it on my show. I was like, oh, she'll kill me. We got to edit that out. But it was a really good story. Uh, I don't edit that much. But when you fuck up and you know people are going to be mad at you, you know, you got to do it. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. So, right. so, but no, I like the investigative journalism. I do. I'm into them. But you're right. Dirty John was my. So now I feel like I should listen to Serial. Did you like Serial? Oh, yeah. Serial. I mean, the first season, the second season, I wasn't as hip on. But I mean, everybody, everybody should listen to the first season because it's groundbreaking and it changed the face of podcast. I know. See, and I didn't have time because I was building a business, but now I have more time. So I'm actually right now as we're talking, I'm to remember that I'm downloading that one. How did I miss it? I don't know. Yeah. You'd, you'd probably like, I mean, there's so many good podcasts out there. I'll send you, I know. I'll send you a list. I'll send you a list. Will you? Yeah. Cause you're like the expert. Tell me what yeah. you love that besides mine, of course, but I would love to, I would actually love that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or just go back and listen to all my old shows because they're all over. Of course, there. Yeah. yeah. Binge that I show. I them last night. Binge access podcast. Yeah. Uh, Emily, what's, uh, what's the, what's, what's new? So you got a TV show. We, we yeah, did, we... I, I'm developing that books thing. I mean, the podcast, we, you know, we're doing two podcasts a week. I'm doing more, I'm going to be doing more live podcasts. So I want to do more like improvs and, um, do more live. Cause I love helping people. The thing is that's the other thing about doing a podcast is like, I'm in this room 
doing my podcast all the time that I have listeners all over the world, definitely all over the country. So I'm doing going to do more like um, appearances and meet my listeners and stuff like that, which I love doing when I'm out. They're like, oh, my God, I love your show. I'm like, I want to meet these people because I also love doing a live podcast, but then helping people in the audience, like doing some kind of like, you know, town people. You you think people wouldn't ask questions. And the second like one person raised their hand, they're like, I've got this problem with my penis. You're like, oh, he can talk about that. And then it starts going and there, there's certain it's, it's really, I really enjoy doing those. So I'll be doing that. Um, yeah. What else? There's a lot of things happening. I'm, uh, I'm doing Wanderlust. I don't know if you want Wanderlust. They do like 10 festivals around the world and I'm going to be the sex and wellness sponsor Ooh. at all their festivals or like an experience. So no, it's all on sexwithemily.com. Well, Emily, thanks for coming on the, my little <laughs> podcast. Yeah. It was so good to talk to you. Thanks for reaching out. Best of luck with all your new endeavors. You're awesome. You Thank sound you. great. You're awesome too. Okay, good. All right. We are. Right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Maddie. So Z, can I tell you something? Go for it. That's the first time I've ever been on a podcast with Emily where I didn't go into my sex life. Oh my god! Because oh, because sorry. normally she comes. She's been on. I had a relationship called your straight male friend. Right. I was, had it for like eight years, and she'd come on and we do it, and we invariably, you know, I'd embarrass my wife and talk about our sex life, and then I, you know, I I I'd, I'd interviewed her for another show as well. Um, so I was really proud that I got through that whole thing without her diving in and asking wow. me anything. She tried to a couple she, times. She tried to bait you? She tried to bait me a couple times. but didn't, didn't, didn't catch. I didn't, didn't catch. catch. Ooh. My wife would be so proud. There we go. That, she still this won't one's listen. for your wife. This she one's for your listen. wife. Oh. She will not. No. No. She knows <laughs> Emily. Scarred. She knows Emily's on. There's no way she's going to listen. <laughs> so, um, but it's still a good episode. It's fun. I like Emily a lot. And and I think that she really uh, makes a point that, you know, we, we always tell everybody consistency is everything. And Emily did her podcast even when she wasn't making money off of it, even when, you know, it, it seemed like it wasn't getting traction. She just kept doing it. Yeah. And now she's doing great with it. So it pays off. It pays off. Nice. What do you got for us this week? All right. So we are on the same trend of relationship advice podcasts. Uh-huh. And the, f- the first one is Savage Lovecast. Dan Savage. This has been this has been around for God, I think twelve years. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really like it because his voice is so it feels so familiar and friendly, and it's unfiltered. He's funny, and it's just really all around good advice. Yeah, he's very likable. Let's check it out. There is no the one. There are lots of potential ones, but as anybody's out there dating or swiping knows, the search takes time and effort, and it can be agonizingly frustrating. That's a good one. I, that and that's 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 old school podcast right Ooh. there. Yeah. What else you got? Bringing it. So my next one is called Nancy, and it is huh. by Kathy Two and Tobin Lowe, and they're best friends, and they do this podcast. So their chemistry really comes through on the podcast, and it's about the LGBTQ experience. And I like it because I don't. I feel like there's not a lot of podcast out that in, is inclusive like that, and this is just basically all about L- LGBTQ. So I like it, and it, they're cute, and it's a good podcast, even awesome. if you're not in the community. Okay, let's yeah. check it out. And being in this store and looking up at the storekeeper, Mora, and thinking like, oh my gosh. Um, and it's it's kind of like, it was a very charged moment, and I was like instantly taken back there. Sarah suddenly realizes that Mora was her ring of keys person, the adult that showed her who she could be someday. That sounds fun. I'm yeah. going to check that one out. I like that. 
So, and my last one is Modern Love, and this is by WBUR and New York Times. Mm. And their like tagline is stories of love, loss, and redemption. And it's reader-submitted essays that are read by notable people and famous people, and sometimes even the essayists themselves. And I like it because it switches it up. You know, sometimes you want the voice of the person that wrote it. Sometimes you're like, oh, I know who that person is. Yeah. yeah, these are really cool. This is mm-hmm. this is one of those great. Uh, when they launched this podcast, I was like, "That is a good idea." And yeah, it really was. Let's hear one. Isn't buying an expensive couch a kind of lovely expression of hopefulness? And after I'm gone, don't I still want my guests in my home to feel comfortable and stylish? None of this was supposed to happen. At 38, I wasn't supposed to lie on my back in the ER on a late December morning and be told by a teary radiation oncology resident that the pain I'd been having for two months that I'd been assured was from having a weak core after months of chemo was actually from a tumor that had devoured my L2 vertebra. Z, those are all good suggestions. Thank you. Very good job this week. Of course, you can find all of those uh, on the iHeartRadio app, so go uh, go check those out and check us out. Thanks for listening to us. I know Mercury is in retrograde, and it makes everything bad. <laughs> uh, just, just breathe in. Get through it. The month's almost over. You'll make it. <clears throat> Let's thank our producer, Z. Woo! Hello. What's up? What's up? Thank you. <laughs> We're back to the beginning. I'm uh, off my game today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey right. Franco did our music. Dalton Runberg did the art. Our engineers are David Wall. David, I'm going to say David <laughs> Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's been, a, there's been an office marathon on Comedy Central for like two weeks. Sorry, David. <laughs> David Williams, Horace Wong, and Red. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for Katie Wilcox here at, uh, and Don Parker here at San Francisco's iHeart, and uh, Chris Peterson, of course, the godfather of podcasting. For iHeart, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just awful. Damn this it, week. Mercury! Damn you, Mercury! <laughs> I'll be better next week. Tune in then. See you. Bye. <laughs>